Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Proactive Eye with your host, Elegant Granny. I'm so glad to be here with you in the new decade, and I want to say Happy New Year to everyone. Hope your celebration was just as great as mine. Today's episode, it is all about the numbers. We're going to discuss what are the stats on abuse around us and who is it greatly affecting. Stay tuned. I certainly hope you enjoyed your New Year's celebration. I really enjoyed mine. I spent mine um, with some elders in my community, and I choose to do this every holiday. And I know most everybody wants to spend time with their family. I do too. But there are people in our community, namely our elders, who don't have the options of getting up and going to their family members and friends as we do. And there are some who have family members who choose not to have anything to do with them once they get in their elder years, which is a shame. We also have some who are in the homes of their loved ones, but they are not treated as loved ones. So this is one of the reasons why I choose to spend time with them. Now, while mentioning the elders, did you know that one in 14 American senior citizens are abused or neglected each year? Some estimates range as high as 5 million elders abused each year. These are stats according to National Council on Aging, which I'll leave the link in the show notes so you can visit the site for more information because I don't want to go into more details as of yet on our elders. I just wanted to give you a brief prelude of what I'll be talking about in the course of this year. Now, this is a show that will happen later sometime during the summer. I'll leave the link for the National Coalition on Aging. That's ncoa.org if you want to go ahead and look at them. But I'll leave the link in the show notes. Now, I want to get back to the topic at hand, which is stats on abuse and who it's affecting. Now, um, I want to talk about the um, uh, a story that I want to talk about with a gun violence, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, I want to give you a little history on some stats. And these are 2019 stats. Stats for 2020 haven't come out yet. So here we go. On average, nearly 20 people per minute are victims of physical violence by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million women and men. 10 million women and men. One in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner within their lifetime. One in five women and one in seven men have experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. One in seven women and one in 18 men have experienced experienced stalking, victimization, during their lifetime in which they felt very fearful or believed that they or someone close to them would be harmed or killed. That's tragic. On a typical day, 
There are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. And I know that number to be somewhat true because sometimes I um, assist um, during the month with the um, hotlines and the number of those that come in during the day, it's like, whoa, anytime you get just one is a lot. But anytime you get three to five, that's a whole lot in one day. And that's just one place who takes those calls. Now, to, th to think in one town, if you have about 10 different places in one time in one town, excuse me. And they receive these type of calls. Each each place receives five calls per shift. That's way too many. So that's the reason why I advocate talking about abuse and trying to do something about preventing and educating and um, doing something about keeping our people safe, men and women and also children. And I'm including our elders in on this. So in domestic violence, homicides, in domestic violence, homicides, women are six times more likely to be killed when there is a gun in the house. And pardon me, because I got a little emotional at trying to say that the first time, because I do share a story with that. My story with that is um, one day, I don't know what triggered my husband at that time. And he literally held a gun to my head. I don't know if it had anything in it or not, but I wasn't going to take it for granted. And I just sat there and it had gotten to the point when he did that, that it didn't matter to me at that point if he pulled the trigger or not. That's the reason why it got so um, emotional for me when I was about to say that sentence because I remember that just like it happened yesterday. And this happened back in 2016, the summer of 2016. I'll never forget it. He cocked a gun to my head and said he would blow my brains out. Well, at that point, what was I going to do about it? So I had made up my mind, you know, the way I felt at that moment. Okay. It didn't matter at that moment because I was just a tired, I was so tired of the abuse. It was more um, verbal abuse than physical abuse at that point. He had started with the physical abuse. And this was a year and a half after being married when all of this had taken place. And it's just everything took place at one time. So, as I said, I repeat this sentence again. In domestic violence homicides, women are six times more likely to be killed when there is a gun in the house. Now, later on, before I left him, we had a conversation about that incident, and he laughed and scoffed and said there was nothing in that gun. And I'm, and I'm saying, so you're laughing about it? And he was like, there was nothing in it. I was just playing. To me, that's something that you shouldn't play with. I don't care if you're having fun. To me, that was no... Fun, that was not a fun occasion. It was just not fun. That's just something that you don't do. And I was not about to allow that to be comfortable to him. He was comfortable doing it. And at some point in my mind, if he was comfortable doing it once, he'll be comfortable doing it again. So sometime after that had happened, 
we left the home that we were in and he left the gun. He was not able to go back and retrieve the gun because of the way we left. So that's all Annette's story. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crime. I'll repeat that again. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crime. And intimate partner violence is most common among women between the ages of 18 to 24. Now, the reason why it is most common, it is perceived, I should say, as being most common between the ages of 18 to 24 women is because this is the age group and they this is the era of when younger people are open with everything about their life. Nothing is kept secret anymore as it was when I was coming up. I'm um, in the era or in the generation where what goes on in the home stays in the home. You didn't talk about anything. So more than likely, those numbers are, high, are higher, if not just as high, for women who are much older than 24 because they were taught you don't talk about stuff. Now, it is becoming more common where women my age, and I am 50, I'll be 51 next month, and it is more common for women my age and, and older where we didn't talk about this stuff. We just dealt with it. But it's getting to the point now where more older women are now coming out of the closet and talking about what's going on with them because they are ready to be free. And I am so happy about that. Now, I want to talk about who this affects. These stats affect whether you know it or not, you. They affect you. Everyone is affected in some fashion. You either know someone who is or have been abused, or you have come in contact with someone who knows someone who has or is being abused. Everyone is fits in some kind of way in that situation. You either know someone yourself or you know someone who knows someone who is being abused or has been abused. As compared to the children in my era in the 70s, Nearly 40% children today, according to a 2014 report, report abuse in their homes. And I can't tell you how happy I am that that is. I'm so happy. Now, I would like by the end of this year for that number to get up to 50%. If we can get it up to 45%, that would be good. At some point in life before I leave this earth, I would like to see that 100%. And I think we're going to because it is becoming more common for children, even younger children, voicing they want away from these toxic relationships. If mom and dad cannot get themselves together and they not see this, they understand how important it is for them to get away from toxic relationships themselves. So they reach out to who they can, whether it's their teacher, whether it's another family member, whether it's a family friend, someone is able to, they know who to go to. That's the, that's the good thing about it. Children today know who to go to because they are more privy to resources now than there was when I was their age. At my age, when I was their age, 
We didn't have a lot of resources that we could go to comfortably. It wasn't talked about as much as it is today. Today, everybody has a podcast or a blog or or a YouTube channel or something talking about abuse, narcissistic behavior, all kind of mental health problems, which I love. I'm so glad there is so many different avenues for children to get the help that they need now. So again, I'm going to say children now, there's nearly 40% children, according to a 2014 report, who report abuse in their homes. One of my experiences um, working with children from abused homes, um, as I was teaching, and I just recently started teaching again this past summer, but I had stopped for a long time um, because it was getting to the point where it was overwhelming. At the time that I was teaching, there weren't as many resources as there are today for children to even accommodate what the children needed to get them out of the situations. It was you get them out of situation and then there's like there's nothing else. You just got them away from it. Now they not only are able to get out of the situation, but now they are able to receive more of the help that they need after coming out of that situation. So that I am very, very, very grateful for and I'm very happy about. This is going to be a very short podcast, a very short episode because I just wanted to give you a little bit of stats to start with this year and just to have something to think about. Um, like I said, I'm going to leave quite a few links in the show notes because I don't want to just come on and talk to you and just ramble some things off to you. I want you to be able to get to the point where you are comfortable with looking for resources. And I want to make it a little bit easier for you by providing you some links and some guides for you to go into. Um, so you know how to go into your own community and be able to help those around you in your in your neighborhood, in your community, in your city, in your state. There are people who are in your family members who may need help and you are not aware that they may need help. Um, some point during this year, I'm going to talk about different signs and symptoms that you may not be aware of. You may have either missed them. Sometimes you may have dismissed them and sometimes you avoid them when it comes to people in your life, whether they're your family members, whether they're your friends, whether they're your co-workers or just one of your neighbors. There could be someone in trouble and learning the signs and the symptoms of what is going on. I want you to help you to be alert of, of things that may be going on around you that you are not aware of. And just being alert helps. It really does. Now, these numbers that I talked to you about, they are tough to deal with. But at some point, we need to ask ourselves, who around us is that third woman or that fourth man being abused by their intimate partner that we either miss the signs, dismiss them or avoid them altogether? I'm going to close with this. As I said earlier, I'm elated that children have begun to, begun to sound the horn on abuse in their homes. But what are we as adults going to do to protect them from dealing with abuse in their future as victims or perpetrators? This has been your host, 
Elegant Granny. I appreciate you listening. I look forward to talking to you again. If you would like to send me a voice message on the show, please do so. I would love to answer your questions. If you just want to leave a comment, that's great. If you want to ask questions, that's great. If you don't want your voice heard and you still would like to ask questions or you would like to send a comment, concern, you can send them to proactiveeye at gmail.com and we will get back to you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Enjoy your day. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Love you guys. Take care of yourself. Stay tuned for next week's episode as we discuss what it's like to start over after a life of abuse. See you soon. Oh, 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 oh,